Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is it. I'm finished. I'm done. Whitney, that's it. I'm done. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. I'm done. These aren't my friends. They're my enemies. I'm done. All this this luring in this week's episode of The Real House of Salt Lake City. I loved every second of it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. We're going to be breaking down that thrilling episode of The Real House of Salt Lake City. And I feel like it's thrilling every single week. I feel like I'm getting behind this microphone and there's so much we need to talk about. Meredith was entering and exiting that scene as if she was one of the puppets in Avenue Q. It was just like she was in the scene and then she was out. She was leaving and then she was there. I mean, it was a craziness. So much chaotic uh, energy coming out of this week's episode. And it gave us a little bit of everything. We had the drama and the fighting. We had some laughs, some fun they were having together. It was like, Bam, bam, bam. They gave it to us all. And so I just thank them again on a weekly basis. I'm thanking these women for entering my life and making it better because now I have something to watch that I look forward to more than almost anything else on TV outside of And Just Like That. Although I'm liking Salt Lake City Housewives for different reasons than And Just Like That. But uh, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. So we're going to break down the whole episode. There's also some stuff going on in the outer world of the Real Houses of Salt Lake City that we got to talk about from some social media stuff. And I got to say, I'm more invigorated now on this podcast because not only do I love the housewives, but I'm recording from a new place. So those of you who have been listening to the podcast for a while know that I was recording from my apartment uh, that I moved out of uh, around the holidays. And I, there was construction going on all the time at my old apartment. Construction never stopped. And that's uh, pretty common here in Los Angeles. I feel like construction's always happening in these apartment buildings. And I moved and I'm feeling an inner peace. Although yesterday I went over to my friend's house, my friend John, and his friend Sarah was over visiting from another state. And the three of us were just chatting. We were having a gay old time, having a glass of Chardonnay. And Sarah had her purse out. She went to grab something from her purse and out falls a green laser pointer. So I got to tell you this quick little story, this quick little detour. So out falls of Sarah's purse, a green laser pointer. So we say, what's that for? Sarah's got some cats. So I, those of you who have cats, you know, you point a laser and it gives them some exercise and the cat runs after the laser. But Sarah had a green one. So naturally, what do gay men do when they see a green laser pointer after they had a glass of Chardonnay? We start reenacting the Jennifer Lopez video waiting for tonight. No other options, right? Gays, am I right? Anyway, so we're obviously going to play that song. And it was midday, too. This wasn't like a nighttime thing. This was midday. (laughs) 
This was midday. We put on Jennifer Lopez waiting for tonight, which if you're not familiar with that song in the video, which came out right before Y2K, Jennifer Lopez in the video, she's just wearing this like sexy outfit. She's dancing in like a lake and it, there's all this greenery everywhere and there's green laser pointers as they do a countdown to Y2K. You know, everyone was worried about the world ending and spoiler alert, it didn't. Thank God. Uh, although it looks like that could be on the horizon in 2022. Uh, that's not the point. The point is there were green laser pointers everywhere. And so when I heard that song, I was not out at the time, but I remember just like being obsessed with that song. To me, that's Jennifer Lopez's magnum opus. I've, I'm sure I've said that on this podcast before. I love that song. So John and I, we start doing kind of like, our own versions of Jennifer Lopez waiting for tonight. John walked away for a second. So I'm just sort of standing in his apartment as Sarah's pointing a green laser at me. And I'm just like sort of sexy dancing, (laughs) which of course, as I'm retelling this story, it sounds crazy. Like I just met this woman, Sarah, I just met her. And here I was like, literally I was getting into it. I was one Chardonnay deep. And let me tell you something, when I'm one Chardonnay deep, all bets are off because uh, I'm really feeling myself after a Chardonnay. And so here I was, just kind of in my own little world. And then uh come to find out there was someone behind me in the window, one of the construction workers at John's apartment, because they had construction going on at their place. And apparently, I see Sarah start laughing at me. And then John comes back into the room and he starts laughing. I'm like, what is everyone laughing at, you know? And then it turns out one of the construction workers was in the window behind me, uh, just watching me dance like Jennifer Lopez. But what was I to do? It was a green laser pointer. Uh, you guys can't help but I love that song so much. I can't help it. So I uh, just had to share that with you. But we got to get into the real house of Salt Lake City, you guys. The stuff going on outside of the show with the social media, I don't know if you've been paying attention to this, but Jenny, uh, she had posted all this stuff on her Facebook page, all these really horrific things uh, that... People had found on her thing and they posted on their own social media saying these are Jenny's posts. Some of the memes that she shared were inappropriate and gross and all the things. And then Jenny comes out and apologizes. And she says, though, that she had realized that these posts were inappropriate and she deleted the Facebook a year ago. But spoiler alert, that's not true either, because people were saying they got those from the Facebook page that morning or the day before or something like that. This is all allegedly, by the way. I don't want anyone coming after me. So, yeah. Apparently, these things were on her Facebook page as soon as just a couple days ago. And she had said that she'd taken them down a year ago. And now all the women have been coming out and posting their own things on their social media saying they don't support the racist stuff that she had posted. And they all had posted a thing. But now it's causing all this disruption because then Jen Shaw posted something against Lisa Barlow. Because Lisa Barlow had said something like, I don't support that, what Jenny posted, blah, blah, blah. And then Jen Shaw said something like, well, you brought her on this show, you know? So they're, now they're all feuding about this thing going on on social media. So Lisa Barlow says on Twitter, because everyone was asking, is this going to be addressed, right? Is this going to be in the reunion? Because this all came out after they had filmed the reunion. So Lisa Barlow said on Twitter that it's going to be addressed. She just said, it's addressed, I think. That's how she framed it. So now we don't know, is it going to be addressed on the reunion? Are they already filming the next season? I know that they were going into season three filming much quicker than they normally would because of all the Jen Shah stuff. So now what's the truth? Is this all addressed? Is this not? Where does Mary stand in all this? Because Mary, I think, is no longer on the show. She's let go or fired. Little girl. So we don't know how this is all going to play out, but Lisa Barlow does say it's addressed. So I'm assuming that means it's addressed at the reunion. My thought is, and I could be totally off base, 
I think what happens is it came up at the reunion and then somebody who was at the filming of the reunion or loosely involved with these people who was there, somebody released it and sent them to somebody else, a blogger or something who posted them on Twitter. And that's how it came up. So I'm thinking that it's really talked about at the reunion. I could be totally wrong, could be off base, but that's what I'm thinking is happening. I'm curious to see how it's responded to because they weren't good. They weren't good. And you could find them online. I don't even know how to explain what they were. They were just racist memes and stuff. I mean, it was, I don't know. I don't know. So that's all happening outside of the show. But there was this other thing that was happening with Jen Shaw, where she sort of implied in a thread or something that she was fired because she spoke out against what Jenny posted. I hope this is all making sense. So she had implied that Bravo fired her for speaking out of turn. Because usually I think when these things happen, Bravo wants to get everyone on the same page before everyone just releases a statement. So Jen Shah had implied that she was fired over this. Now, I don't think that Bravo would fire Jen Shah because they're starting filming earlier just to cover the Jen Shah trial, right? So I, there was no way. And everybody online was saying, oh, Jen Shah, how dare they fire her and uh, for speaking out against this racism. And I was thinking there's no way that Bravo fired her because the whole season's about her next year. So there's a lot of layers to this. We're going to keep watching and stay tuned and we're going to find out when it's addressed and we're going to watch what happens live and go to bravotv.com for more information. But for now, we uh, just have to wait and see. We have to wait and see. We have to wait for tonight. Okay. Okay, that's enough of that. I promise I won't play that a million times. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. We'll see. Okay, so this week's episode, though. Last week on the show on Salt Lake City, it ended with that chaotic dinner where everybody's fighting. And that's how we open. And these are very difficult to talk about, to recap, because there were so many layers, so many people fighting. Jen and Meredith are fighting. Meredith's laughing maniacally like the Joker. I mean, did you hear that laugh? It was like, she was just, every time Jen said something like, oh, did you go to the FBI? Meredith would laugh and laugh and laugh. Jen said, I have never done anything to hurt her or her family in regards to Meredith. And all the other women are just sitting at the table like, well, you did. (laughs) Well, you did. That's what they were all thinking. But nobody wanted to say anything because no one wanted to to deal with Jen Shaw's wrath because Jen Shaw was dealing with Meredith with a lot of wrath. And then even she turned on Jenny, too, in the scene. Uh, Meredith's in and out, in and outs. They added a cricket sound effect. Did anyone notice this? There were crickets in the background, and I don't know why they added it. I don't know if it was like the distinctness between the what was going on at the dinner table versus the cricket sound, but I do believe that the editors added in a cricket sound effect. Go back and watch it. You could hear bugs. You could hear bugs. And so I don't believe that the microphones just picked up the bugs, although I could be wrong. What do I know? Uh, but then Meredith tries to explain the PI situation. And she says to Jen, look, a PI told me that with 90% certainty, Jen Shah did it, which I, I'm sort of confused. I'm confused. I don't even know exactly like, what Meredith is saying that Jen Shah did with 90% certainty with the PI. Was that just the Brooks twink texts or the tweets about Brooks being a twink? Is that what she's talking about with that not, Jen Shah 90% did it? Like, I, this isn't very clear to me. Or is it some other text messages or tweet threats or something? Like, I, what was she saying? 90%. She kept throwing out that percentage. The PI said 90%. I'm like, what are these percentages about? Or what are they for? Like, I don't even understand this math that we're doing here. 90%. Just kept throwing a percentage at me. I didn't understand. Anyway, then when Jen turned on Jenny, 
Jenny says in her confessional, she thinks that Meredith put a spell on Jenshaw, and that's why Jenshaw turned it around and now is attacking Jenny. And I kind of think that Jenny was serious when she thought that Meredith put a spell on Jenshaw, and I'm not sure why, but that's the vibe I got. So I could be wrong. Uh, but I do believe that Jenny thought that Meredith's practicing witchcraft. And I'm not certain that she's not either, Jenny. I'm not certain that she's not, because there are times when I see this Meredith Marks, and I'm like, I don't know. I kind of feel like she might have a culture and is putting some spells on us. Because the way she presents her language, right? There's like, this week there was some slurring, but we've we've seen the slurring before, even when it seems like there's no alcohol involved. And it almost feels a little bit, and I don't mean to to judge, I'm happy any witches out there, you know, we support all lifestyles here, uh, as long as you're not hurting anyone. But I, I'm not certain that I'm not certain that Meredith isn't actually putting spells on all of us, because sometimes I'm listening to her and I'm hypnotized. I hear her saying something. I'm totally hypnotized by what she's saying. Anyway, Meredith is disgusted, storms out, Whitney chases after her. And Meredith's like, this is a fucking joke. I'm out, you know, and they're all so wasted. So, so drunk. I mean, Whitney was, they were all pretty blacked out. Like, I wonder how much they remembered of this and how much as they were watching it back this week, they were like, oh, that happened. You know, like they probably don't really remember a whole lot of it. Then Jen thanks Lisa for being there for her. Now, earlier in the day, Jen and Lisa Barlow were feuding on the bus, on that sprinter van or stripper bus or whatever. They were feuding. And I couldn't tell if Jen Shaw was serious for thanking Lisa for being there for her, but it's so insane, and they're all afraid to take sides, I think. That's what makes this all even more fascinating. It's like Lisa Barlow doesn't want to take Jen Shaw's side because she doesn't know what's going to happen with Jen Shaw in the real world. She's also afraid to take Meredith's side because I think she's worried how Meredith's going to be portrayed this season. And I could watch these dynamics play out forever because even... Uh, whether they don't know if they should take Jen Shaw's side. It seems like they're on Jen Shaw's side at this moment, but they're all kind of, I think, a little uncertain. Now, Lisa then cries at the dinner table because she wants Meredith to be more there for her. And Jen's like, is Meredith there for you enough? Say yes or say no. She keeps saying, say yes or say no. And Lisa's like, just starts crying because now she's having a moment. She wants to have a moment on camera. And this, again, is why it's so difficult to recap, because it's like, this is all happening so fast. Like, bam, bam, bam. Like, I don't know where we're going next. Whose feud are we going to be dusting up now? There were certain moments where it's like, then Whitney and Mary were feuding. And it was like, I can't keep track. I'm trying to type out notes. And I'm like, furiously doing, uh, what do they call that? It's secretaries in, um, in the courtrooms. What do they call them? Uh, who have to take notes really quickly. I'm doing shorthand. And so my notes are just like crazy because it's all moving so fast. And then I'm trying to rewind it. And it's like, uh, it's a lot. Mary is just kind of lurking in the background, right? And Mary's just lurking around, chasing after Meredith. And she's sticking up for Meredith. She's like, Whitney, why would you say that Meredith did something with the FBI? And meanwhile, again, it is crazy to think that like Meredith is the one in charge of the FBI. Like somehow Meredith is pulling the puppet strings with the FBI and she's the one getting Jen Shaw in trouble. Like it's insane. And Mary points that out rightfully. So as does Meredith. But Whitney, I think, does believe. I think Whitney really believes that Meredith Marks is either part of the FBI or at least call him, got him on speed dial and is like, hey, FBI, go get Jen Shaw. Like I think Whitney believes that. <laughs> Which is crazy. And I love that for us. I love that for us. But Meredith storms and says she, I didn't feed evidence to the FBI. 
which did we ever think we'd hear that sentence on this show? I know on this show, we do have a woman who married her step-grandfather, but I never thought we'd be saying the sentence, I didn't feed evidence to the FBI. When I first got behind the gates of Cota de Casa on The Real Houses of Orange County Season 1, when Lori Peterson came on screen and her tagline was, Are the police involved? I never thought that the police would actually be involved in one of these shows to the point where we're saying a line like, uh, I had no uh, evidence, I didn't feed evidence to the FBI. It's all insane, and I love it. I love it. I'm just so happy. <laughs> I just feel alive. I'm alive. Okay, Meredith points out that the FBI can find Jen without her help. The FBI's got a lot of tools at their disposal, a lot of tools in that toolbox. Now, Mary's also chuckling at Jenny because, don't forget, Jenny and Mary hate each other. They all hate each other. Everyone in this group, they would not be uh, getting along if it weren't for the cameras crews. They would, cameras crews, I sounded like my Italian uncle or whatever. It's like, these cameras crews? Anyway. Yeah, we wouldn't be here with these cameras crews because uh, it's just insanity. It's insanity. They all despise each other. There was also a moment where Jen threw something at Lisa and said, you're a fucking liar. Oh, was that when Jen was storming out? Jen stormed out and Lisa chased after her and Jen's like, I don't want you chasing me. (laughs) Oh, you guys, the chaos, the chaos. What were the producers thinking this season when they're watching it? Like I could, I want to get one of them on the line. Like, let's hear what it was like filming because this is nuts. It's nuts. And Meredith goes to her room to call her, not husband, her son, her son. Her son, she called Brooks up on the phone. And I love that for Brooks. Because Seth probably didn't answer his phone. He's like, I don't want to deal with this shit. And then Brooks was probably answering in the first ring. You know, Brooks was probably waiting. If my mom was on The Real Housewives, I'd be the same way. I'd be wait- watching that phone, waiting for her to call to hear how the cast trip went. And so Brooks answers on the first ring and says, are you mentally okay? Brooks says to the mom, you know, because he's got to call her, call her off her ledge. So then Brooks says... Oh, this was good. So Meredith says to her son, she says, they think that I turned in all this information to the FBI and and it got Jen turned into the FBI. And then Brooks responds with, so what if you did turn her in? She defrauded people. And look, he's not wrong. That young man makes some points. That young designer man makes some valid points. He says, so what? Who cares if you did? She defrauded people. And I feel like that has gotten lost in this whole thing. You know, we're on this cast trip where Jen Shaw is getting the biggest room. And Brooks is finally the first one to point out, like, who the fuck cares if she is mad at you because she defrauded people? Somebody should turn her in. So we don't know for sure. Obviously, the courts are going to have to find that out. We're going to have to watch and see. But Brooks, he had some points there. That young man had some points. And then Jen sort of lurks in. Oh, Brooks also said, I feel bad for the husbands who wanted you guys to have fun. And I thought, really, Brooks, that's what we're feeling bad for, the husbands? They knew what they were doing, those husbands. And by the way, I say husbands, but we do know that Robert Sr. had no involvement in this trip, and neither did Coach Shaw, I don't believe. They were on that card, but I don't believe they had any involvement. So honestly, bravo to those two men, because they're the only saving grace in this situation, because they didn't force their wives into a situation like this. Get what I mean? Anyway. What else is going on? Oh, Whitney said something. Oh, this was good. When Whitney was drunk, she's at the table with Heather, and Lisa was sort of storming in and out. And Whitney says, we're on the same team, women, mothers, ambassadors of our own lives. And it didn't make any sense. (laughs) Like, Whitney was just drunk. And it reminded me of Dana Pam on The Real Houses of Beverly Hills. Remember when she sat down with Kyle on that game night? And she's like, we're friends, you and I. We're all friends here. And Kyle's like, who's friends? Like, not us. But Whitney was just like, we're on the same team. Mothers, 
women ambassadors of our own lives. And look, she's not wrong. And I want that on a pillow. I, want, I need that on a pillow, little girl. Little girl. What else is going on? Meredith says something about, I need to wipe my whole circle out. And she's basically quitting the show, but she's afraid to actually say, I quit this show. You know what I mean? Like the whole episode, Meredith's like, I'm done. I'm done. And then she's got to film the next day because she's on this cast. I would love it if she was like, I quit. I quit. Remember Heather Dubrow on the Real House of Orange County premiere? She's like, I quit this show. That's what I wanted out of Mare. I did want it. I don't want her to quit the show, but I wanted that. She was, I mean, Meredith was going through it this episode, wasn't it? Wasn't she? I mean, we're going to get to that morning after, but whoo. Wow. Uh, should we take a break here? Actually, let's take a break here because then we got to come back and we got to talk about that morning after when Meredith was just yelling like, my family is off limits. We got to get to that because that was intense and I loved it. Before we go to break, I want to thank Acast. Go to acast.com slash everything iconic for all episodes of Everything Iconic. Pre-order my book and then uh, go to everythingiconic.store for merch. And we'll be right back with more. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everything iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everything iconic. And we're back. Okay, so Jen and Meredith are talking through their issues. And Jen literally asks Meredith if she knew about the Beauty Lab and Laser FBI showing up in the 15-minute Botox parking. And no one would know this because if the FBI was going to get her, 
They wouldn't let anyone know. So, of course, Meredith didn't know. So, Jen and Meredith sort of make up and hug at one point, which was shocking to me. I could not believe that they were just going to make up after all of that. And then Mary even says, if we're going to be friends, everyone has to come together. And Mary's not wrong. Mary was the voice of reason this episode. She was calm, cool, and collected. And I did not expect that out of our, our Mary Cosby. Certainly was something I wasn't expecting. And in Mary's confessional, she said something about Meredith needing five years or four years, which I truly don't understand what that meant. I don't understand what it meant. And, you know, I don't want to assume something because sometimes I get something wrong and then you all yell at me in the DMs for a whole week. Like uh, this week on the show on the Real Houses of Orange County recap, I said something about why does Heather Dubrow have closet tags on all her clothes? And you, a lot of you reached out to me and said that's because she has an HSN line. Uh, where it's called Heather's Closet. Now, I don't know why I'm expected to know every single person on these shows, their businesses, because I certainly don't follow Heather DeBro on social media. I'm sorry to let you all know that. Uh, but I did not know that she has an HSN line. And I still don't quite understand why she would have all the tags on all her clothes in her actual closet, because the HSN line, they would all be uh, at a warehouse somewhere. So I don't even think Heather DeBro wears her own clothes. You can all pretend, but I'm sure what Heather Dubrow is hawking on HSN, she's not wearing in her real life because that woman's rich, okay? She's wearing some designer clothes. I don't think her HSN line is going to be in her closet, but a lot of you yelled at me. And I just didn't know about that business, which I don't think we've ever even seen on The Real House of Orange County. Now, if they would have shown it on the show, then maybe I would have been aware. But I was not aware that Heather Dubrow had that. The only business I'm aware of on Orange County is uh, Shannon Storms was once selling salmon with cream cheese that looked very troubling. Not good for the digestive system. I'm no stomach doctor, but I know that you probably shouldn't put salmon and cream cheese in your insides. Uh, And I say that as someone who made Hamburger Helper this weekend. You know, what do I know? But I do know enough that I wouldn't put that salmon that she was selling on HSN in your body. But I don't remember ever seeing Heather DeBrose Closet or whatever that was on the Housewives of Orange County. And if we did, I'm sorry, I missed it. I wasn't paying attention. It went out of my brain. I forget things. You know, things go in and out. The one thing I haven't forgotten is that fucking salmon with the cream cheese. I'll never forget that. Never forget it. What were we talking about on here? I get lost. I get lost. Okay. So Jen and Meredith make up. Then we wake up the next morning and Meredith is lost it. Lisa allegedly told Meredith the night before that people thought she lied about her father's memorial and that's why she wasn't on the Sprinter band for that other trip. Now, Meredith's going off. She's like, my family's off limits. Is that clear? Spew your lies about me. Go. I'll call the CIA while you're at it. <laughs> She kept threatening to call the CIA. She was just spouting words. You know when you're so angry, you're seeing red and you don't even know what you're saying. And Meredith just kept saying, I'm going to call the CIA now. Go ahead and lie about me. I'm going to call the CIA. I'm going to get on the phone with the CIA. (laughs) Uh, She was losing. But here's what I didn't understand, because it was told to us that the reason why Meredith was mad is because the night before, Lisa had told Meredith that everyone was talking about the father's memorial. Well, why wouldn't Meredith be mad the night before? Why was it all happening in the morning suddenly when the cameras are on? Or did she just save the anger? Or did she just wake up and think, oh, no, now I'm pissed? Like, you know how sometimes you hear something, you're not pissed in the moment, and then hours go by, and you're like, actually, I am pissed. So what was what was happening there? I didn't feel like that was clear to me. I'm going to call the CIA. All of you can spew your lies about me. I'm going to go upstairs and call the CIA. And meanwhile, Whitney and Heather are just hungover as fuck. They're like... <laughs> They're like, what's going on? They close the door. Meredith's like, my family's off limits. 
It very much reminded me of the comeback. I know I'm constantly talking about the comeback, my favorite show of all time with Lisa Kudrow. But in the season one finale of the comeback, Lisa Kudrow's character, Valerie Cherish, just goes fucking nuts. And she's just smoking a cigarette and she's like, I'm done. I'm done. And it was like, that's what was happening with Meredith. And it's like, Meredith is Valerie Cherish in a lot of ways. And it makes me like her even more, even more. Uh, Lisa says though that she didn't say there was a fake memorial. So now Lisa's even backtracking and there was also this sound bite that was added in. And so I was trying to read between the lines. It's my thought, and I could be totally wrong, but that a producer actually is the one who told Meredith, but they couldn't say like a producer told me. So Meredith's like, Lisa told me because the way that Lisa and Meredith were acting this next morning, it just felt a little fishy to me. So I believe like a producer told Meredith the night before. And then Lisa, it was maybe from Lisa, or maybe Lisa told the producer, and then the producer told Meredith. I feel like there was another party involved here, because it didn't seem normal if Lisa and Meredith had talked about this last night for them to be acting the way they were with each other. Does that make sense? And there was this weird sound bite that sounded like it was added in post, like somebody ADR'd it, and so I'm not sure. I always love the fact, you know, ADR is when they uh, have to go to a studio and record a line. And I always love that, thinking of these women, these housewives, having to go into a studio, right? Because they can't, maybe they send them some equipment at home or something, but having to re-record lines to make the storylines more clear. They do it on all the reality shows, by the way. It's not just on Housewives or Bravo. They do it on almost every reality show because sometimes something will get lost and the producers will just need one sentence or something to explain. So they'll need Lisa saying, Meredith and I talked about this the night before. And sometimes they can get away with having the women talk about it in a confessional, but other times they need them to recreate a soundbite and then they put it in in the, during the fight or something, right? So I always love imagining these housewives just at a recording studio in a booth, just having to record some random line about like this crazy fight they're having about the CIA. <laughs> and they're not actors either. So having Meredith Marks in a in a booth talking about like, go call this, I'm going to call the CIA, which that wasn't one of them that she had to recreate this episode. But I'm just saying like, it's insane. Everything we're watching is insane. Truly, it's unhinged. I'm so grateful for it that we've come this far culturally. Not a lot of good stuff going on in the world, but there is good reality TV happening on the world, isn't there? Ladies, am I right? Anyway, in the kitchen, the women are making breakfast. Whitney's really doing a lot of omelet work, isn't she? I feel like every single episode, she's like, I'll make the omelets. I got, I'm on the omelets. And if I was as hungover as Whitney, there's no way I'd be making anyone an omelet. No one gets an omelet when I'm hungover. And Lisa was just eating Kit Kats. And Lisa's a woman after my own heart. She's got the Diet Coke love. And now with the Kit Kats, <sighs> I love this woman because there's nothing I love more than a Kit Kat. Nothing I love more. Nothing. Nothing. You know, my when I was younger, my favorite candy bar was a Reese's peanut butter cup. But I stand by the fact that I think Reese's changed their chocolate recipe and their peanut butter recipe. It used to be better. And I don't know that as a fact. But I stopped liking it because I felt like they got cheap on us, the Reese's people. And I, it was always my favorite. But you know what's always consistently good is the Kit Kat. Never not good. Never not good. So break me off a piece of that, Lisa Barlow. I know she was offering the Kit Kats to everyone. I want her to break me off a piece because it looked delicious. And that's how she was starting her day. And I respect that. You know, put the Kit Kat in your body and let it get moving. I remember hearing someone say on a talk show, you know, and they have nutritionists on a talk show and they'll tell you to eat like a handful of almonds, you know, when you're hungry, which always pisses me off. They're like, have three almonds when you're hungry. It's like, bitch, I'm not having three almonds when I'm hungry. 
I'm going to have a Kit Kat. But I remember hearing a nutritionist say, when you wake up in the morning, you chug a glass of water and it gets your engine running, right? Like that's what this woman said. I don't even know who it was. It was some nutritionist. She said, it gets your engine running when you chug a glass of water in the morning. And that always stuck with me. And now I'm going to think of have a Kit Kat in the morning. It gets your engine running. You know, they should make that their slogan. Instead, so they need to get rid of break me off a piece. It's been their slogan for too long. Too long, Kit Kat. You need to change it up. Don't get stale on us. Don't get stale. Change it up. Make your Lisa Barlow your spokesperson. She should be in commercials. Okay, so what else is happening? Lisa and Meredith, they talk. There's a montage of Meredith just losing it on Lisa this season. And really, we're watching the unraveling of Meredith Marks this season. Uh, honestly, because she was so calm, cool, and collected. And she always seemed to know what to do, how to react to people, to disengage. And she understood all these things. But somehow, even though she's the best at doing those things, she's the one becoming most unraveled this season, which is incredibly fascinating. I'd love to talk to a psychologist or someone about this because it's like she she's the one who tries to disengage. And she does take herself out of these situations. So she didn't want to be on the Sprinter van because she didn't want to be in this chaotic environment with people who don't like her, which is an elevated way of thinking. But yet somehow that caused this other chain of reactions that makes her even more nuts and even more of a target. And it's like, that is fucking fascinating and also fucked up on, in terms of reality TV. That's why I would never want to be on a reality TV. Uh uh-uh. It's not healthy for the brain. It's not good for anyone's mental health. They put you in a crazy position. And then when you're the least crazy one, suddenly you're the most crazy. It's, ah, uh, it's fascinating. It's, somebody needs to write a paper. I'm sure people have written papers, essays on it. Uh, I'd like to read them all. Send them my way because I'm interested. If you're, uh, if you have any, um, any paperwork you need to send my way, do it. Okay. So what else? Uh, oh, then they're going to do, um, they're going to do kind of like an activity day. Should we talk about the Mary storming up because she couldn't stand listening to Jenny talk, which is sort of ahead of her time in a lot of ways. But I like that Mary just, she is going to do what Mary wants to do. And that's fascinating to me. Uh, oh, also I did write down my notes that what the fuck is Meredith wearing? It had quotes on it or something. I couldn't read the quotes and, uh, it was a lot. What the fuck was it? I don't, unclear. Uh, then Heather lost a nail or no, Heather found Lisa's nail. This is where the episode, it was like, we had so much going on at the beginning of the episode. And then the whole second half, it was like someone found a nail. And I was like, what, what are we doing now? But I was just waiting for tonight, uh, for them to get to that whole Zion party that they threw, uh, that they kept showing every time they would go to commercial. They were like coming up on the real house of Salt Lake City and it looked so fun. And I was, so I was just waiting for tonight. Uh-huh. Okay, so then we see the women riding ATVs, which is fine. And they they went on a hill or something. They went hiking, which is fine. Lisa invited everyone to a Vita Tequila event, and Whitney was really excited. She's like, I've never been to a Vita Tequila event. And they were all acting so happy. Mary even apologized to Jenny. It was like, everyone's getting along. Then we do the Club Zion, and we're dancing on a pole. Even Mary was dancing. Lisa did the splits. And we were doing some real crazy camera work here. It was like... We were in, I felt like I was at the party with them. And I don't know what that camera lens was, but when they showed Lisa doing the splits, like Kyle the Splits Richards, I felt like I was inside of that party. I don't know what was happening with the camera lenses, but bravo to them. Bravo to bravo. Lisa did say she just pulled something. So she obviously hasn't done the splits as much as Kyle the Splits Richards, but Barlow has done the splits. 
She's able to do it, which I can't say myself that I can do the splits. I can't do it. Remember when you asked to do the physical fitness test in grade school? I used to hate that because they would make you, I always, the worst part about it, I have really long legs. You know, I'm 6'3". And I would hate they would make you do that thing where can you touch your toes? And I'm sorry, my body's not like a normal body. I can't touch the toes because I have long ass legs. All of my height's in my legs. And so we would get there and I would always have like negative. Remember, like <laughs> you'd have to reach past your toes and then some kids would get, I don't know, was it in inches or in centimeters? I'm not sure. But they'd have like uh, six inches. So they would write that down on the physical fitness test. And it meant like the student could pass their, they would lay their feet flat and their hands would go past their feet six inches, right? Like, so they would measure that length. And mine was always in the negatives because I have long ass legs. And so there's no way I could do the splits. I just can't, I'm not that flexible in that way. I can do other things. Don't get me wrong. Matt knows that more than anyone, but I can't do the splits. I was also overweight, so it wasn't fun to do the mile either, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, Lisa couldn't, uh, she, something, uh, something stretched when she did the splits, but they were all having fun. It was 1.38 a.m. I felt like I was watching an episode of Roni at this point because we fast forward to the morning. We saw how drunk they were. They were drinking out of these big trifle dishes. They filled them with wine. All of their, they woke up the next morning. There was hair. There were towels. Everything was a mess. And I really thought we saw Lisa in bed, I think, with a flower. Was that Lisa? One of them was holding a flower. And it was pure chaos. And I felt just like I was in Roni. And I just, I felt. I think that's why I like this episode so much because we've gone so far downhill with Roni, right? This past season, it was just real mess. And now I'm getting the Roni energy from the Salt Lake City gals and I just feel blessed. I feel like blessed from it because I was worried here we were never going to get this kind of energy. And now we're getting the Roni chaotic energy plus the Roni drunk energy. And it's everything to me. Oh, speaking of you guys, I'm, you know, I'm so excited for that Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip season two at Dorinda's house coming soon. Uh, but I'm not excited for the Real Houses of Miami to end because this week was the best episode yet of the Real Houses of Miami. If you're not watching, it's on the Peacock channel. But there was this whole feud. They finally got all the gals on vacation together. And even Nicole, who's the anesthesiologist, this new woman on the show, she even stepped up and she's starting all this stuff with the other veterans of the show. I mean, there's pure chaos on that. And you need to be watching it because it's fantastic. Oh, I loved it. This was my favorite week on Miami. Favorite week. And we really did need to get the women all together. It was like we needed a cast trip, and I'm glad they finally gave it to us. Uh, anyway, um, back to Salt Lake City. So Salt Lake City's delivering, too. Uh, we end on a good note. They were all hungover. Uh, Lisa does say she can't believe she shared a bed because she said, I grew up sharing. I'm not sharing as an adult. I supported that supported that. Uh, Whitney doesn't even know how she got in that bed either. She's like, why am I sleeping here? And I love a hungover housewives. Oh, is there anything better? I think not. Hungover housewives is truly everything to me. So I'm grateful that somebody drank them and, uh, or gave them some drinks and let them loose with some cameras. And I like that they even had cameras on them that night before when it was 1.30 a.m. and they were in the pool drunk. I like that it seemed like somebody was filming with the iPhones or something. And so I'm grateful. Because I hate on Housewives nothing more than when the women all wake up and they're like, we were so drunk last night. And then they got no footage of it. They got no footage. So I'm happy somebody took out the cell phones. Somebody got it on camera. And then we end with Lisa eating those Kit Kats for breakfast. And it's a great note. And next week on the show, we get horses. We get uh, some lies about the memorial coming up again about Meredith and the dad. We get Lisa versus Jen, Mary and Lisa. So much going on. Oh, 
And then this, ah, oh, you guys, I'm so excited for this. So there's a, a moment behind the door where Lisa seemingly doesn't know that she's mic'd up. And I can't believe they even played it in the preview. Because to me, I think this is what Andy Cohen was talking about. Remember Andy Cohen had said in some interview or something, he said, oh, there's going to be something that happens. A bomb has dropped that uh, is going to shock everyone. I actually think this might be what he's talking about, and I think there's more to this. But Lisa says in the preview behind the door, Meredith's a whore. She fucked half of New York. She says that behind a door. And I feel like she probably says even something else. Now, we do know that we've learned that Jen, Shah, and Meredith might have shared this lover. That's something that's been coming up now. But I can't wait to see what else is said behind that door between Lisa Barlow and I don't even know who she's talking to. She said, Meredith's a whore. She fucked half of New York. And we were led to believe that Meredith and Jen, uh, Meredith and Lisa were best friends. So I cannot believe, I can't wait for that episode, much like I can't wait for tonight. I'm so excited. She fucked half of New York. I mean, good for Meredith if she did. I mean, who among us wouldn't want to fuck half of New York? Ladies, am I right? Anyway, uh, that's The Real House of Salt Lake City. I do want to briefly touch on In Just Like That. I curse the day you were born! So if you haven't watched In Just Like That, please turn this off because I don't want to spoil anything. But Miranda finally did tell Steve about the cheating with Che Diaz. And uh, we saw two penises. And there's been a lot of talk about these peni. Penises, peni. And I, for one, have to say that I support all the penises on HBO because for years, on all of these shows, we've gotten so much nudity from the women. It's time to level the playing field a little bit. And I often have talked about it on the show and I've talked to friends about it. There's this thing that people say of like, I don't actually want to see a penis. You know, people say that they're like, I don't want to look at a penis. And I've always been so fascinated by the psychology of like, why wouldn't you want to see a penis? Especially if like you're attracted to penis, right? And I was thinking that I believe it's because we don't see enough penises on television. And so it's one of the last final taboos uh, is that we never see enough dick. And so I just salute Michael Patrick King for showing us not only Harry's dick, which was a prosthetic, by the way, spoiler alert, it was a prosthetic, and it looked very clay-like to me. Uh, but then they balanced it out by showing that other hot guy's uh, his pecker. And so I was just so thrilled to be watching this week. Uh, to see both of those things. I like dick. And uh, it was just, I think it's well past time. And I think people would be more excited to see him if we saw more of him on television. And I think it's laying out the play, leveling out the playing field. And I love seeing it. I do. I love seeing a dick. So God bless HBO, Michael Patrick King, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kim Cattrall, the whole gang. The whole gang, I want to thank them for getting us to this point. Although the episode, I didn't love it. This was my least favorite episode of the season so far. And now they're bringing Cleveland into it. You know, I'm from Cleveland. And Meredith, or I'm sorry, uh, let's see, I'm still thinking of Salt Lake City. <sighs> Cynthia Nixon, Miranda, is now going to Cleveland to do this big rom-com moment with Che Diaz, which we know is going to blow up in her face. It's not going to end well for her. And I'm very concerned about that. But I haven't liked any of the Miranda and Che Diaz stuff this season. So what's going to start now? And what was that rally, too, that they had started the whole episode with? It was like, Che Diaz was at some equality rally, which didn't even make any sense. I was like, are we talking about, is this a marriage equality rally? And then Che Diaz was on stage talking about equality and how you know, all that stuff. And then the straight people were segregated from the other gay people. It was like, Che Diaz sits in there on stage, like, there's my allies. And it was like, there was just a separate group allies section, which was so strange to me if we're at a quality rally. <laughs> and the signs were great. It was like, what is happening on the show? I didn't understand it. 
And I'm I'm concerned about Miranda going to Cleveland for Che Diaz because Che Diaz is not going to end well. And I think I was saying this somewhere else on another show or something, but like, I don't even understand what Che Diaz sees in Miranda because Miranda, they haven't seemed to connect. I haven't seen anything within these two other than the sex. And so I don't, I don't understand from Che, che Diaz's perspective. I'm like, Che, go find someone else. Why would you be into Miranda? It doesn't make sense to me. I'm not buying it. And, you know, I've been a fierce defender of the show. And again, I fiercely defend the fact that they're using us, using the time to show us some dicks. I'm really glad about that. I like dick. But, uh, it's getting, I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic. A North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. I'm tougher and tougher to defend this show, in my opinion, and I'm sorry to say that. I still look forward to watching it every week. I love watching it, but it's getting kind of rough for me. I'm sorry to say that. i got to be honest with my feelings. And now, next week, Cleveland. Cleveland's coming on board. I'm scared. I'm scared. Cleveland. Anyway, I just had to get that off my chest. I feel bad for Steve, too. I did. The way she... I just sort of felt like Miranda didn't have enough remorse when she was telling Steve that she cheated, the uh, marriage was going to break up. I didn't understand why Miranda didn't have a sit down with Brady before running off to Cleveland, because Brady's still a child. So the fact that Miranda's just running off to Cleveland, ditching the family, which maybe is a choice that some people would make, I just feel like Miranda would have a little bit more remorse or show a little bit more confusion and remorse. That's my opinion. Even when I remember when I was coming out, it's such a long process of trying to uh, work through those feelings and stuff. And so that's where I'm coming from. But maybe I'm wrong. And maybe some of you are all loving it and and the choices that they're making. I do also love that Charlotte was given Harry a blowjob. This is another thing I got to talk about because people online I saw were saying uh, she would never give a blowjob. You know, she was the most buttoned up. But I think Charlotte was actually the most sexually uh, fun one. But it just was with uh, someone she's committed to, right? Because in the original series, remember, she was given Trey a rim job. That was something that she said she did in the original series. She's like, she ate out his ass, which good for her. You know what I say on the show all the time, eat when you want to eat. And so I think that Charlotte would still be giving Harry blowjobs. And so I support that. And I'm happy for Char. And I didn't understand like why she... I don't think Charlotte, though, would have had that conversation with Lily, because also I didn't even believe that Lily saw her mom giving the blowjob, right? Like, I didn't... I felt like Lily, she got the door slammed in her face, and Lily didn't seem to even have seen any of that stuff. So it was weird to me that Charlotte was like, oh, do I talk to her about it or something? And I was like, 
I don't even think Lily saw it. Like, you don't have to have any conversation because Lily didn't see that prosthetic dick on Harry at all. That's at least what I was, they should have made it more clear that like Lily saw it, right? That's what I felt. I don't know. It's crazy. It's a crazy show. Loving watching it. Every single week I put it on and I'm like, I can't wait to sit down and see what we're in for now. At the edge of my seat. Edge of my seat. Anyway, that's uh, this week's Everything Iconic. Later on this week, you guys will be back uh, with an interview because I think Orange County's off this week, isn't it? I think it's an off week for Orange County. So there will be no Orange County recap, but there will be an episode of Everything Iconic later this week. Uh, We'll have an interview or two coming up, and then uh, we'll be back next week with our Housewives recap of Salt Lake City. I love you all so much for listening. Should we do our cheesy little cool down and take a little breather, a little break? I posted on my Instagram account, there was this clip of Goldie Hawn when she was promoting the Banger Sisters in the early 2000s, which was a movie she did with Susan Sarandon. And I was watching this. I love Goldie so much. And I just listened to her on the Willie Geist podcast, you know, Willie Geist from the Today Show. And Goldie's got this whole mental health thing, this business with mental health that she's always talking about. And she's so delightful. Just listening to Goldie will make you feel better. So go look on my Instagram if you just want some uh, some joy from Goldie. But don't you feel like Goldie, if you knew her in real life, like all I want to do is go dancing with Goldie Hawn. Like my dream in life, get on the dance floor with Goldie Hawn and just have a gay old night. I feel like nothing would be better because her joy is so infectious. And I feel like just being around that kind of energy would make us all better people. It's like somehow we need to figure out how to bottle Goldie's joy and give it to all of us because uh, that woman, she's a ray of light, a golden light of sunshine. And I would jump in front of a bus for her. And uh, I love her with all my heart and soul. So go look at my Instagram. She, but she she tells on Oprah about how to do this stretching exercise where you breathe in and then you make a noise. You go, woo, and then you put out the bad energy. Woo, put out the bad energy. Woo, put out the bad energy. She says do it 10 times as you stretch towards the sky which I can't do because I tore my rotator cuff, you know? Still got issues with that. I went rollerblading, you guys. Ah, which is so scary. So I think I told you I had to hurt my rotator cuff because I was listening to Adele and I fell on the street. And uh, they had told me, the doctor said, you need to monitor it. And then in January, if it hasn't healed, you're going to have to have surgery on it. And so it hasn't healed. It's still bad. But I've learned how to like maneuver around it. It doesn't hurt unless I move it certain ways. But I've had these rollerblades that I got early in the pandemic, never wore them. And where we moved, they have one street that's like newly paved. And so I was like, I'm going to put on my rollerblades. And I thought I could go really slow because the idea of me falling over in the rollerblades is not good with this tour rotator cuff. You know, it's not a good situation. So I thought that I naively thought that I could get on the blades and go blade in on this newly paved street and not injure myself. And I tried to go slow, but it's impossible. There was like a slight incline to the street, and I was just moving faster than the speed of light. I felt like the DeLorean in Back to the Future when it tries to uh, gain all that speed at the end of the movie. That's what was happening on these rollerblades. I was like, uh-uh, got to get off them. And luckily, nothing happened. The God slash Mariah carries with me that day, and luckily I didn't uh, get hurt, but I'm scared to put them back on. Scared to put them back on. What were we talking about? Why? How did I get to rollerblades? Anyway. I love you all. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it.
breathe out. Ah, I love you all so much for listening. Uh, let's uh, stay safe and have a good rest of your week or whole week and uh, wait for tonight. Bye-bye. <laughs>